Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano Chapter 7 If anyone had told me two weeks ago, after I found Nico asleep on my desk, that I would be traveling with him alone in a commuter bus heading for field work, I would have laughed in their face. Yet here we were the following Wednesday in said bus heading for San Jose, Tarlac. Today's field work was a Christmas party, our fifth for this holiday season. April went ahead that morning in the rented van, carrying the Noche Buena packages for the families and the presents for the kids. It didn't really count as work because the community was in charge of the program, but I needed to gather data for our year-end report for the donors before I could officially join the festivities. Wait, so you're not joining the party? Nico asked. I am, but I need to gather data first. How boring french fries, he teased with a smirk. Stop calling me that. I hoped the french fries thing wouldn't stick, but it was the first thing from his mouth last Monday and he hadn't let up. I'll join you guys when I'm done. It might take a while because it's almost Christmas. That's why you should just attend the party, because everyone will be there anyway, Nico said, grinning. I'm pretty sure they won't be serving any fries there. I rolled my eyes, and he laughed as he leaned back on his seat. The bus switched lanes, accidentally causing me to topple against him. I quickly righted myself to maintain the small space between us. To be perfectly honest, I didn't mind being stuck with Nico in this commute. The embarrassment from our awkward first meeting had faded ever since that evening at Sweet Reds, and we moved from simply being seatmates to something almost like friends. I wasn't sure what changed, but I welcomed it. It was a relief to not be so uncomfortable around him. So, french fries, Nico said, moving a little to stretch one of his legs across the aisle. Why development work? It's my passion. It was my automatic response to anyone who asked me about my job. I found that explaining the nitty-gritty of it wasn't really helpful because one of these three things usually happened. A. They would ask me how much I earned. The answer is that it was sufficient for my simple lifestyle. B. They would ask me why I threw away my college education after they find out my degree. They reminded me so much of my mom's woes so I'd politely find a way to leave the conversation. Or C. They start complaining to me about social ills and how the government was so inefficient and dishonest. All true, in my opinion, but I wasn't doing my job to rebel against the system. I was doing this because I wanted to help, and it's a fulfilling job. But I forgot that I was talking to a fellow development worker, who raised his eyebrows at me. Well, I think all of us are passionate about this, because we wouldn't be here if we aren't. But what got you into this? He said. Okay, wait, rewind. I pulled my hair into a ponytail to keep it away from my face. I looked at him, grinned, and said, Weather watching. Huh? I watched the weather, I repeated. His brows were knitted in confusion, and I laughed as I pulled out a pack of cookies from my bag and offered it to him. I still don't get it, he said, tearing the pack open and thanking me before he ate a piece. My family and I lived somewhere else before we moved to Alabang, I explained. He offered the cookies back to me, but I waved it off, pulling another pack from my bag. It was a flood-prone area, so during the rainy season, I always tuned into the news to see if school would be cancelled and if we needed to prepare for possible evacuation. Did you ever have to evacuate? I shook my head. Thank God that didn't happen. The weather watching became a habit, though, 
I would pore over websites, read reports, and follow tracks. That led to reading reports about the weather disturbance and if it affected people, and what's being done. Then I followed disaster relief operations, and I realized how unprepared we were in so many aspects. Thus, we're at the mercy of the weather systems. I started volunteering in college to help people be ready for calamities, and that's when I started to think that this was what I wanted to do with my life. And I became sure of it when I felt dissatisfied in my first corporate job. I was bored, and not even the great work environment or the generous pay and benefits could get me excited about work. So I resigned when I heard about a job vacancy here. I started as a social media manager, then I moved to funding. When Sir Tony finally got the go signal to go into disaster relief early this year, I volunteered for the role. Where did you work before? Nico grabbed the handle on the seat in front of him and pulled himself up. He looked at me closely, and the way he regarded me made me self-conscious. He had this kind of focus that made me feel like there was no one else in the world, or at least in the bus, who was worth looking at. No wonder the younger female volunteers at the HQ got tongue-tied and flustered whenever he would talk to them. His gaze added to his appeal, one that I was trying not to think of right now, since I wanted to have a sane afternoon with him. Yes, I found Nico attractive. I didn't tell April because she would have never let me hear the end of it. But once I got past the intimidating, rough exterior, Nico was quite a catch. Especially when he smiled. His face would light up and that dimple would pop, and it just transformed his face. It made him look friendlier and more magnetic than his broody version. And that's saying a lot because the broody version was already eye candy. Not that I liked him in a romantic way. He wasn't my type. I liked clean-cut guys. The ones you could introduce to your parents without fear that they will worry about you. The preppy ones, or the ones who will wear a barong to work, and maybe a suit when needed. Like James, who didn't answer my message last weekend. But let's not go there. I shook my head at Nico in response to his question and to shoo away thoughts of James. Focus, Faith. I gave him the name of the company where my mom worked, and he nodded in recognition. I worked there for a year. It was the expected career path for me because of my course in college, but I never felt like I fit there, I said. Why? What course did you take up? Don't laugh, I warned, and his eyebrow kirked up. IT. A chuckle escaped his mouth, which he tried to mask with a cough, but the damage had been done. I didn't expect you to be a nerd, French fries. Hey, I told you not to laugh. Maybe I should ask Sir Tony to move your desk to the other side of the room. He laughed for real this time. I wasn't laughing at you. I just didn't expect that you're a computer person. You didn't have that, I don't know, vibe. I told you I didn't belong there, I said with a shrug. But I'm the one who made all the brochures and banners we use now as well as our website and social media profiles, so I still made good use of it somehow. The bus stopped briefly to let some passengers alight. I took that time to pull out of my bag a bottle of water and offered it to him. He gave me a curious look, but he accepted it, and I pulled my tumbler out. Like I said, I was always prepared. What about you? How did you get into development work? I asked. It's my passion. Nico... I'm serious. Then he smirked. Can you guess what I took up in college? I glanced at his usual messy hair, 
at the light fuzz around his chin, then his dark blue shirt, jeans down to his black sneakers. Sports science? Or maybe business management? But if it's business management, you probably wouldn't be here. Definitely not engineering because you're not nerdy enough, I said, making air quotes. Wow, April was right. You are judgy, Nico said with another chuckle. I glared at him, and he flashed me a peace sign before using that hand to brush the hair away from his face. The edge of another tattoo peeked out from underneath his sleeve as he moved, but he put his arm back down before I could take a closer look. But you're right. People often think that I'm a management graduate. I didn't even think of that back then, but I did take some entrepreneurship courses online when I needed to learn about social enterprises. But really, french fries? Sports science? Where did you get that? Oh, I don't know, I said, giving up on stopping him from calling me french fries. It just seemed like a guy thing. Judgy, Nico teased. But none of your guesses are right. I'm a history major. I gaped at him. No way. I'm serious. I love history, especially our countries. I even taught it for a while in Iloilo before I went to Manila for grad school. Wow, the girls must have been lining up to take his class. <laughs> well, they did, actually, Nico said with another smirk, and I realized I had said that out loud. Blood rushed to my cheeks, and I pretended it didn't matter by rolling my eyes. So what master's degree did you take up? I asked. Community development, he answered, after taking a drink of water. Reading up on our history and teaching it makes you see how much our nation needs help, you know? It's sad when you realize how much we don't know or remember about the people who died for us. So I decided to take a more concrete action. Oh, I said softly. I didn't peg Nico as someone to have so much depth. I didn't have Maya's people reading skills, but I felt in my gut that he was pretty sincere. I guess I really was a judgmental person. My turn to ask, he said. I was about to say that we weren't taking turns, but he continued. So who's that other guy you keep cyber-stalking? My cheeks warmed up again, but I did my best to feign innocence. Huh? The one you were looking at last week at the HQ. And I saw you checking him out again yesterday, and earlier when I got back from the restroom while we were waiting for this bus. I waited for that all-too-familiar flare of annoyance that I got whenever other people asked me about James. But surprisingly, there was nothing. For the first time since I got back, I didn't feel uncomfortable. The way Nico asked bluntly was refreshing. He wasn't careful with his question, very much unlike the people who knew the whole story and seemed to walk on eggshells around me. It annoyed me to no end how I always caught a hint of pity in their expressions, which told me they didn't believe me when I said I was fine. But Nico just looked curious, waiting for me to answer while munching on the rest of the cookies. I doubt he didn't know about it or hadn't heard about it at the HQ, but his asking me made me feel like he'd believe me. Of course, that could change after I tell him everything. His phone rang while I was still deciding how to answer his question. He gave me an apologetic glance before answering. Panga? I pulled my green jacket tighter around me as I looked out the window tuning out his conversation with his girlfriend as I watched the houses pass by. It was a beautiful December day. The sky was blue and the sun was out, making the shiny Christmas decorations on the windows 
and gates of the houses sparkle as our bus sped by. The bus was even playing a Christmas movie, adding to the holiday feeling in the air. We were nearing our destination. I had butterflies in my stomach, excitement for the rest of the day and the season. So, French fries, Nico said when he was done with his phone call. Who's that guy? The bus rolled to a stop and the door hissed open over the conductor's voice yelling out our destination. We're here, I stood up, but he didn't. Move, Nico, I said gently. He made a face, but started moving. I followed him out the bus, stopping to wish the driver and the conductor a Merry Christmas. Nico was waiting for me, his arms crossed. Answer my question, French fries. Normally, I would be annoyed at this kind of insistence, but like earlier, I was surprised to find that I wasn't. Not with Nico, anyway. I bit back a grin as I walked past him. Come on, you don't want to miss the party, right? I thought he wouldn't follow until I answered his question, but then I heard footsteps followed by a soft laugh as Nico fell into step beside me. You win this round, French fries. Our eyes met when I glanced at him, and for a moment there, I felt just a little sad that he was already taken. This episode was sponsored by Kiss and Cry by Mina V. Esquera. A figure skater and a hockey player meet again after 10 years and a relationship that never happened. But they'll get their second chance right now, thank you. Available on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Google Books, and other retailers worldwide. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano. Text copyright, Ana Tejano. Narrated by... Jade Albert. Season 3 of the Romance Class podcast features an unabridged audio version of a novel by a Filipino author featuring a Filipino narrator. We do this to make the work of Filipino authors more accessible to more readers and introduce Filipino voices in more ways than one. Help readers find us by leaving a review or a rating in Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any podcatcher of your choice. You can find the links to subscribe on romancepodcast.com. Subscribe, share, live tweet as you listen. Add hashtag romanceclass so we can find your reactions and feedback. The Romance Class Podcast is produced by Tanya Arpa and Mina V. Esguera. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email mina at romancepodcast.com. Find more romance books by Filipino authors on romanceclassbooks.com.